This week on the Coach and the Casual is Alex Pereira, the greatest GOAT combat athlete of all time. We're going to talk about Brandon Allen versus Paul Craig, our bets on that, uh, Usman failing his test, and Tony Ferguson working out with David Goggins and what we think about that. Tune in. I think the first thing that we should kind of discuss today is your outfit. What uh, do you mean? <laughs> what am I wearing? Uh, well, would you? I look, look like Mike Tyson. No, you look like uh, you look like you got kicked out of the original N Sync. N Sync's uh, cool, bro. I'm in. I'm in like schools you, all the time. You, you know? would have been the Nick Legay of, of yeah. N Sync. Yeah, I'll take that. You but know? honestly, can you? You got us- more chicks than you could ever even imagine. <laughs> See, that's what's funny. He's like, you don't have any swag. Yeah, I look good though. You look yes, like no. you're wearing. Like, did you just get off the golf course there, sixty year old man? No, or just left the gym golfing season is kind of over for the yeah you went and spot this morning with all the old guys (laughs) loosen up and then okay here's an honest question what do you do when you go to the gym and there's a bunch of old naked dudes in the sauna do you still get in of course of course (laughs) if i'm there to sauna i'm there straight at your phone or how much looking around i don't bring my phone i'm there to just meditate and like work through my okay so where do you keep your eyes when there's a bunch of dudes in there butt naked on cocks only (laughs) (laughs) okay uh we didn't get to watch these last fights together but you ended up watching the fights right yeah and so did you i mean alex is the goat well first let's talk about let's talk about the heavyweights i was really surprised so it was tom aspinall versus sergey pavlovich Mm -hmm. and uh, i put my money on sergey because Tom was on two and a half weeks' notice. Sergey's got like 10 inches of reach and just knocking people out left, right, and center. And Tom pieced him up. It was filthy. Dude, well, here's the thing. Like, you look at Tom's record, and everyone sees his three losses. But a lot of people don't realize his one loss in the UFC to Curtis Bladis, he blew his knee out in 10 seconds. Like, he threw the first kick, and then he sat down and fell over. He's like, ah. And so, like, that's what – you know what I mean? Like, he didn't really lose. Lost one fight early in his career with an illegal elbow, so he like threw an illegal elbow. That's not really losing. And then he got heel hooked, which you know how happy that happens. Yeah, it really. happened even to the best. Of yeah, us. yeah, it happened to you. So it happened. You know, you get even Tom. to the best of us. Yeah, 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 you get the best. I mean, I think he's an undefeated. What would he do against John Jones? I don't. We don't know because the Curtis Blades fight didn't play out, and we don't know what he'll do against wrestling. Well, that's been my big uh, a couple things. One, first, when when I look at heavyweights, it's just. It's it's weird because you got heavyweights like Francis and like John, even like Stipe, where it's like, okay, these guys are still elite fighters. They're cut up and everything. But then you watch guys like Derek Lewis or you watch this fight, and they don't look as clean. They don't look – it doesn't – it looks like a, more like a brawl than it does a technical fight. But is that Tom, how people – is that how you guys view heavyweights? Well, like heavyweights don't need the technical part because the power is such – I mean, look at Alex, the lightweight, you know, lightweight or light heavyweight. He just throws that left hook right there, and then the fight's over as long as he lands it. And that's the thing is wild is, like, heavyweights can be sloppy because there's just a power difference. But I think Tom is, like, the new breed. I mean, he was movement. He's, like, dancing around, pop, pop, and he moved, pop, the one, two, pull, two. That's, like, something you see. The way he moved is something you see lightweights move. Well, this has also been something just from that fight. So I bet Deuce, and I lost a bunch of money because I bet on Sergey. Uh, <clears throat> Deuce is always taking my inside 
you're, you're <laughs> yeah, inside, uh, we were talking about when I was getting cut up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but what I've noticed a lot of times, there's a lot of times in history where somebody takes a fight on two, three weeks, basically have no camp, and they do better. It's like what uh, Bisping did against uh, Luke. Luke, right? Yeah. So what is there some merit to not having to train hard for eight weeks? You know, and that's like the hard thing because there is – that merit, I think. Like, someone just comes in stress-free. And then Tom just seems like a guy that's in the gym all the time. So it's not, like, off the couch, you know? But, I mean, if the fight goes longer than a round, the camp is needed, you know? Yeah. Once they get out of that first round and you're tired and you didn't get a finish, I mean, that dude, that's a hard – there's just not enough oxygen in your body so how much would you say and, and this will come up when we do the tony talking but uh, did you ever have a fight on short notice uh or have no, you always, I always, have you had, always like, had full camps uh like i've had like shorter camps the shortest notice is on the ultimate fighter you get three days yeah. and so those are but you but, already know you're fighting yeah so you're like in the tournament and so you're training so like most of the time um one time i was training for a fight outside and it was still the toughest fight i've ever had and it was outside the UFC, like one of my early fights. And then the dude I was supposed to fight got hurt, pulled out. And so I was like, oh, I don't have a fight. It was like, uh, I think, uh, where is it? The, the Outback Steakhouse eats a steak, <laughs> drinking a beer, and they smoke a blunt earlier. And then they call me and they're like, hey, we actually, someone else fell off the card. We're going to bump you up. And I was like, oh, shit. And then it was like one of the hardest fights ever. But I was like training already for it. So it wasn't like. I don't know that big of it. What do you let's say? So let's say you have a two three week camp. You never had to do it, but Bisping did it, and he when he tells the story, he gets the call. He's up in Canada <clears throat> shooting a movie. Yeah, and he immediately starts running ten miles. Right. Yeah. yeah. So let's say you only get two weeks. I get. I do that whether I had like eight weeks. They call me they're like, "Hey, you have eight weeks for a camp." I'm like, "All right, I'll be there." And I hang up. I start running, and then so in that two weeks, what you're not really focusing on, I mean, you're watching some film, but not really, is it all cardio for two weeks or no. what does that two weeks look like? I mean, that two weeks to me, I mean, if I was coaching someone and that was our, uh, you know, like opportunity and we had to take it or whatever, it wouldn't be any cardio. It would just be about like peaking, you know, cause everyone always thinks you want to be overtrained, but you'd rather be undertrained in a fight than overtrained. Cause then you got more, uh, Reserves. less injuries. Yeah. Less injuries. So I would just be focusing actually that watching footage because a lot of people build confidence, like people watching footage. Like you think about a fighter, for instance, like, uh, excuse me, Sergey, Sergey. And then like Tom was like watching, you know, like, oh man, he's a scary guy. God, his two-week notice probably was watching fights, and he's like, oh, he's throwing all these big hooks. If I do a one-two, pull-two, and just get an angle, I'm going to land cleanly on him. And so that's probably, like, what I would just do if I was Tom's coach. Well, and the thing is, it's like uh, even with only two weeks' notice and Sergey being so much bigger, having all these knockouts, it was a pick em. They were even odds. So yeah. It's got to speak to Tom's greatness. I mean, I think that was – that's probably what Deuce heard us talking about in the barbershop because the guy that was cutting me up is a big fight fan too. And we were talking about how that was kind of a kind of a close odds for who I thought was a huge favorite. You thought Sergey was the favorite? No, I thought Tom was the favorite. Okay. I thought I mean if he had a full camp, that would be a plus three fifty. Wow. You know what I mean? Like or a negative three yeah, he'd be negative three fifty, I would think, if he had a full camp. Do you think there's a huge difference? Could like 
And well, Ser- Sergey doesn't really get finished, and that's probably why the odds were close. Do you think there's such a huge difference? Because, you know, when I'm going in, I'm going against a brown belt who I outweigh by 100 pounds. They still whoop me. Easy, right? Yeah. But at that level, I mean, you probably wouldn't say that that uh, that uh, Tom is a – he's probably not a jiu-jitsu black belt, right? He's a striker? Yeah, yeah, he's a striker. and So – what would somebody? What would happen if he were to go against a light heavyweight who was incredible at? What if he went against John Jones? But when John Jones was light heavyweight, see that's the, everyone keeps talking about that fight, anyways, which will bring us into that. I think at lightweight, I mean, dude, it's hard to bet against that much, John Jones. But that much, I mean, that's that's fifty that's John, fifty-five pounds of two hundred five. I think it's a uh, like Curtis Platus is like a great example because. He's a heavyweight. I think we want to see what would happen with that fight. You know, I, I just tough to bet against John Jones, man. Like, but I'm saying John Jones fighting at light heavyweight, so it has to be 205. Tom gets to be 260. Yeah, I mean, even then, I would probably still bet on John Jones. Oof, you don't think there's so much lost in that 50 pounds? No, I just think John is John. I mean, you talk about any other light heavyweight, that's a different story. I mean. That's the one argument against, I think, Alex is John Jones is the go of MMA. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, let's uh, – we can get into – well, so do you think Tom's – they're going to hold John for him? Because it, the logical thing is for Stipe, but it's just – Yeah. It I mean, they're too old, man. I think – Stipe's John, 42. Yeah, 43? I think uh, – yeah, and what, John is 36, right? Yeah. I think Dana's doing the right move by, like, keeping those two old dudes. Like, that's a huge fight, big pay-per-view – Keep those two guys for each other. Don't let some young up-and-comer. Push them out. Yeah, push them out. But after they fight, then let Tom come in to build his name <laughs> well, off. It's going to have to be against John or Stipe because Tom now has the interim. Yeah, and it's going to have to be against the winner of that, which I think that's the per- like ideal situation if you're Dana White. Like, get a heavyweight fight. You don't think that Tom gets to f- – because John isn't going to be ready for seven months. Yeah, but the, he, he doesn't to want to John. break that fight up, dude. The Stipe, John Jones fight. That would, that would force Tom to wait a whole year as the interim. I mean. So somebody else would fight for the interim? That doesn't make sense. I could see them doing that. Hmm, that's never been done before. But have you, But belts sell. That's the thing. Belts sell. So they want belts out. Even if it's too, like, they'll have, so, they've done it with the lightweights. Mm-hmm. They did that. They've had a sitting champion waiting to come back. They've, but still had two in uh, somebody defending Tony Ferguson versus uh, Justin Gaethje. Yeah. Mm. Oh, defending the interim. Huh? Yep, and that's what that was. You he, still get full pay per view points if you're an interim champ. You get still marked as a champion. You know, I don't actually don't know about that. I, that's a good question. Because if I'm Tom Aspinall and they're making me benched, they better pay me full pay per view points if I, it mark me like a champion. Yeah, I better be it because I'm a champ versus champ fight. But I think I like that idea is have Tom Aspinall fight. Defend Curtis Bladis rematch because that's a big sale because he lost to him technically because of the torn knee for the interim title. Winner of that fights the winner of uh, Jones Stipe. Okay, also it's Curtis Blades. Why Curtis Blades. Blade uh, okay, so. Uh, <laughs> Which brings us to the next point. Pajara. Pajara is Alex a combat sport goat. I wouldn't call him a goat, dude, because he's not a wrestler, and he comes from he comes from Brazil. Coming from you, not a wrestler. Yeah, Shut I mean, up. Yeah, as my wrestling background, yeah. <laughs> I'm saying is that 
uh, Anderson, he put Chael out with a triangle. Do you yeah. ever see Poton putting anybody out with jujitsu? Hell no. His whole thing when he gets put on the ground is to stand up. Yeah, but like being a all a of his jujitsu is defense and standing up. That but that's fighting. Yeah, but that doesn't make him a goat. A goat is somebody. Anderson Silva is a goat of MMA. Yeah. But like, and and then I mean, he did do his boxing. You're saying stuff. combat sports. I'm saying combat sports because okay, DC said is wrestling harder. Wrestling is harder than winning a glory kickboxing championship. Maybe because there's a lot more wrestlers in the world. Well, but just wait, hold on. Just because you can wrestle doesn't mean you can fight. And that's we see that a lot. That's what Sahudo said though, too. Is he said, "What what do you love more, your belt or your your gold medal?" And he said, "Nothing can." Wrestling is the hardest sport in the world. Yes, and it's a sport. And just be just like jujitsu, you could be a world champ jujitsu, just like Gordon Ryan. But can he fight? No, you cannot fight. And just like all these other wrestling world champions, they can be a wrestling world champion win the hardest sport, which wrestling is the hardest sport in the world, and they win it. And then they're like, yeah, I'm the best in the world, but I can't go fight. Win a glory kickboxing championship, teach them a technical stand-up, and they can fight. Yeah, but you're you're the thing is if you're saying combat athlete, it has to be well rounded. This isn't this isn't UFC of twenty five years ago. It's like It is well rounded. I beat Yuri, who submitted his coach, Glover, who's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Right. But look at like Rampage says that he was he was volume two of of uh of champions, right? So the originals were Don Fry, were yeah. you know these guys that were just uh, they went into that tournament having one strength and and being tough, seeing which one was the best, and it turned yeah. out it was jujitsu at the time, right? Yeah. Gracie's came in. Well, won, it won was set up for jujitsu. Otherwise, there have been some other guys that they didn't allow in the tournament that probably would have smashed them, done some things to them. Yeah. Okay. So then volume two comes in Rampage, Chuck, Tito. That's volume two. Those guys stepping into this world now are dead men, right? Yeah. And even Rampage will say that. So those guys, they were good at their discipline and then learning the other ones. But now in order to be considered a GOAT, you have to be great at all of them. Yeah, which I think in the UFC it proves it. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that Alex is not great at jiu-jitsu. Like, well, here's that's my like question. Saying, that's like saying that uh, – Like let's have – okay, the Olympic gold medalist of this year – and Alex Pereira fight. Who's winning that fight? Well, yeah, if it's a if it's a street fight, for yeah, sure, because it's not going down. Or even but like you're saying the greatest combat athlete of all time. What that I means that they have to be able. You're to- overestimating wrestler. Like as someone that's wrestled my whole life and is in wrestling, I, I'm saying specifically jujitsu. You do not have to be good a good athlete to be good at wrestling. You could just be tough. And so some, I mean, dude, I would go play basketball like with our wrestling team, and they literally would be like. You know what I mean? And play soccer and run circles around them. So that's what, but in kickboxing, you have to be a lot more athletic. Yeah, but how can you say greatest combat athlete of all time when you have an Anderson Silva in his prime? Yeah. Beats Alex Pajara. No way. For sure. No For sure. way, dude. Anderson Alex Silva, incredible striker. Him. Look at what he did to Damian Maya. He was messing yeah. around. But that's, yeah. And Alex, his main thing is he needs to be walked down. Look what he did to Strickland. He had to be walked down. Alex Look is, what he did with Izzy. He had to be walked down. Yeah. He's not walking anybody down. Yeah, that is a good point. And he did do a good job pulling He's Yuri. A counterpuncher. Pulled Yuri into that straight. But I don't know, dude. I think that's the worst kind of style for someone like Anderson is like just a fast power puncher. 
because he's always moving and clowning and his hands down. Look at it like Chris Weedman knocked him out with a left hook because he plays his hands. Yeah, down. but Chris Weedman was walking him down. Yeah. Uh, so two counter punchers against each other. I don't know. And, yeah, yeah. And by the time he got beat by Weedman, he uh, Weidman. But like, okay. So then here's my question. By the time what, he got beat by Weidman, he was Alex, already out of his prime. What does Alex have to do in order to be? I think he's too old. I think it's too late. It's, he never can be that. He's a two-time. So. He's a two-champ right now. He is Didn't the Anderson current the light heavyweight times? champion of the toughest organization in the world, the UFC. Yeah, but how tough is that light heavyweight division? They got three top guys, dude. It is tough, bro. He and he Anderson came up from middleweight sixteen times. Yeah, Hotan has never defended a belt. True. Never. I All think right. he needs a couple title defenses to get in the conversation. Ever. I mean, Khabib thing, only defended his three times. But Khabib never lost a round. And the only well, round. I would say Khabib's probably one of the greatest grapplers. I wouldn't call him the one only of the thing greatest. that lasts. I mean, you've seen Alex. Yeah, did he get knocked out by Izzy one out of the three times he beat him? Yeah, I probably because he's cutting I don't count away. the first two. I don't count the first two at all because right. that's you don't. When you're doing kickboxing, you don't need to worry about being taken down at all. Oh. At all, right? He's beating him at his own game. Yeah, so that's It'd what I'm be saying, one thing, though. Okay, if Alec, or if uh, Izzy was a wrestler. How much more did Poton weigh than Izzy the night he got knocked out? At least 20 pounds. Yeah, but that doesn't matter because his brain wasn't fully hydrated. You can't take a shot. At least 20 pounds. And what happened in that fight? He walked Izzy down. Izzy knocked him. Dude, out. you're such an Izzy. You're the, so, the second you're that, go he, watch the second that he starts frozen and get your nails painted and be like, Izzy's the man. Izzy is the man. No way, the second, bro. The second that he walked down an opponent, he got knocked out. Yeah. Period. Yeah, He's a I counter mean, puncher. Bro, he beat the current uh, middleweight champ. He's current... Ooh. Strickland. Strickland, Strickland. He knocked out Strickland. Who was walking you were there. him down. You were, were there. I was there. He, yeah, was, yeah, he was, there. was walking him down. He put him in the fucking the spirit realm. Boom. Yeah. Uh, Izzy, he got beat. Imagine, defend imagine if Alex started training when he was like a little kid. Yeah, well, imagine if my aunt had a dick, she'd be my uncle. But hey, 2023, we, we can do that. We can have so many hypotheticals. Does she have but, big forearms? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but my my point here is that it, you can't call this guy the goat. Maybe he's one of the the goat strikers, just like Khabib is a goat grappler. Dude, if you win two but titles, Gordon, Gordon Ryan is the, the US... goat is the goat jujitsu guy, right? Yeah, but. To say overall combat athlete, I don't think anybody if in their Gordon prime If Gordon came over and won a UFC championship, he would be a GOAT combat athlete. No, because... Like Henry Cejudo is. Because, because he would he only won. take him down, though. He'd have to win a couple of fights. It's like, look at... Uh, oh, my gosh. Dude, no. You just, let me make a point. That's here. like showing your karate is better than everybody's. Anderson intentionally. Okay, so then who is the GOAT, then? I think it's Anderson. But uh, Ander but he can't wrestle with shit. If you went to a wrestling meet, he get wrestled But intentionally fight. beat Chael with jiu-jitsu. But right? Chael's that, not like... Top. But but Chael's top Chael's wrestler. Chael's, Chael's one of the he top. He got submitted by Jeremy world. Horn three times. Okay, Chael's one of the top wrestlers in the world. Yes or no? Believing Anderson did that by choice is like believing Santa be Claus is leaving your presence under the tree. Chael told he Anderson. was getting his ass beat, and Chael made a mistake, and he got a triangle. No, and I guarantee you, if Anderson could have done it at any point, he would have done it a lot earlier instead of waiting until the last Chael minute. told Anderson that his black belt was fake. Yeah. So Anderson made a point to beat him with jujitsu. Yeah, yeah. Or Anderson was hurt, 
really. And he went into that fight hurt, and that's why he pulled guard, and he was just waiting for a submission. He said he had broken ribs. Yeah, and so he couldn't strike with him, and he didn't want to get taken down, so he just laid on his back and was looking for a submission. So if anything, Anderson I'd got Anderson, lucky I'm on not, that I'm one. I'm not even saying Anderson's the greatest of all time. He's definitely if above there's Alex. there's one go. It's John. It's got to be John. It would be John. Yeah. Or Mighty Mouse. I never watched him fight, so I couldn't speak to Mighty, Mighty Mouse. Is one of the go like yeah. he was a great wrestler. He's actually just won worlds in jujitsu. I don't know if you saw that. He's uh, fought the best kickboxers in the world, and he's done fights where he did one round Muay Thai against the best Muay Thai, Muay Thai fighter, and then one round MMA, and he submitted him mm-hmm. in MMA in the second round. Survived the round of Muay Thai against the best. But would so you? you would I you, would say, in my opinion, it would be Mighty Mouse. Uh, as far know. as technique. I don't know how much you can say about that dude because think about it. Uh size does matter. He's not he's Oh god. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah, here's the here's, what does he fight at? 125? Yeah, yeah. How many elite 125 human beings uh in pra- Asia there's a shit ton. He's in Asia. Yeah, he's in Asia, but we don't we don't recognize that. We only watch the UFC. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But so he's in I'm, one. What I'm saying is that how many elite Human beings go and into- only casual fans watch only the Hold UFC. On, can I get my point? Stover, you watch one, yeah, a little bit. Yeah, You're such a liar, Stover. So, what I'm saying though is that how many elite athletes, uh, how many elite, how many guys are at 125 pounds and decide I'm going to be a professional fighter? Whereas, how many guys at 155 have a lot, they don't have a choice. It's like I'm gonna be a horse jockey or a pro fighter, yeah, exactly. They're <laughs> not gonna be a fighter, though. <laughs> So that's what I'm saying is that he never had to go against the kind of competition that the 155ers, the 170ers have to go because that's a realistic where I can be. So an then, athlete. would you say Khabib would be the combat sport? Go. No, he's a grappler. He's not a great striker. How many guys did he knock? So How then, many who would be guys? it? So there is none then. Where John does, Jones. I said John. Oh. Where does like Mike Tyson and the boxers enter the chat? Yeah, like, I think Tyson would be up there too because Tyson's style of striking. Would have translated great to fighting MMA. Yeah. No, because he would have to have been fighting heavyweights. Yeah, but he would be knocking heavyweights out. He would be going out. against Francis Ngannou. Bro, he would sleep him, man. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, he would be a GOAT. Or it's like, but you can't say it because then it's the same thing. It's like phase one of chance. But you got to be able to see. I mean, the reason why he was the reason why he was such an incredible boxer is all he ever focused on in boxing. What about, like, Muhammad Ali? Only ever focused on boxing, right? Because when they didn't he, have went, the opportunity. When, exactly. But you know what I mean? if it's it's like a house divided, right? If your time has to be split, it's like when I'm coming to class every day for a week, it's like, okay, let's do three days of jujitsu, two days yeah. of striking. Whereas if I could do five days of striking, I would be five times better at striking. So then in your the way you're kind of seeing it, the only way you can be a combat athlete go is, is you do them all. And you, incredible. but you got to be a kind of a UFC champ and be well rounded. Not even. I mean, it doesn't have to be UFC, but you have to be an MMA champ. An MMA champ. So you have to be fighting MMA, and maybe have a championship in something else. Ah, for me, it's all because, like I said, if you're the best jujitsu guy in the world, but you only ever do jujitsu, yeah, then you're not the best combat athlete because you, all your time and attention to be the greatest, you have to have your time and attention divided and still be incredible at all of them. Yeah, and that's the challenge of MMA. I mean, it's like you can only get so. What good. can I work on today? What can I work on yeah. today? And you get diminishing returns like sometimes, and then you start losing out on your grappling because you've been. And then somebody who worked on this skill that you didn't really work on, yeah, beats you. But I think that's like impossible then to say the way, like with your criteria, there is no way to be the greatest. Uh, I mean, John, 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 just, Henry Cejudo, John, but he, how many people has he knocked, knocked out? A lot. 
But he goes Joseph Benavides. He slapped him. Yeah, out people cold. can have their strengths, but who's John just decided uh, from now on? T.J. Dillashaw, he knocked out. Yeah, but he was on EPO. Who T.J. was? Yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. People so make anything it easier to get knocked out? It's no, it's harder. harder. They come back. No, it's science. No, it, they actually. It's, I'm telling you, I got my degree the, at Johns Hopkins. Yeah, no, you got your degree in the bro science. It's actually the opposite. When you have the EPO, you stay awake easier. Yeah, your blood's pumping more. But again, how small are those guys? 135. Yeah. And you already got fucked up by a 135 pounder. Yeah. Well, you're, who, who's Yuri? Your guy, Yuri? What do you mean? You said you already or you said Yuri? You already. Okay. Yeah. If yeah, you yeah. Could speak clearly into the mic, yeah, that yeah. would be excellent. You already got fucked yeah. up. On day two. Yeah, yeah. Let's see him do it now. Okay, he'll Please. do it again. Listen, let's do it the day before his fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The- he fights on the ninth. We'll do it on the eighth. I'll choke the hell Fuck out of him. Yeah, while he's cutting weight, <laughs> yeah. jump in the sauna. I'll jump in the sauna and choke. Man, this casual, you really do have a good way of just getting under people's skin. You know okay. that? Well, we need to talk about now, though. So that that's all the fights that have just happened. We need to talk about, we just had a, an experience with Bare Knuckle. Oh, yeah. That was pretty fun. So we went to the... Bare knuckle press conference. We had some nice backstage passes. Got to see everything behind it. Um, kind of an interesting organization. Kind of the fights are going to be wild. And we got to hang out with Mike Perry. We took him to dinner. And I just kind of curious, like, you're going to meet all these fighters. And what's, like, your thoughts on, like, someone like that? Because Mike Perry's a fighter fighter. He's not, like, an athlete. And you've met maybe some athletes, but... Jake's a fighter, fighter too, but like you know what I mean. Like but he's got I, that switch. I really spend time with Jake. You know, it's interesting the difference between spending time with them and then, uh, or just being at a presser with them. Uh, you know, it's like when Alex was here. Alex came to to the pit, your gym. Uh, so did uh, Kevin Holland. Yeah, right? and there to me, to them, I'm just a fan, and so they don't really interact with me. They just they they want to avoid me, and it makes sense, right? It's like I remember I went to a Lakers game one time, and it uh, I was sitting right behind LeBron, and the entire game it's a Jazz game. People are just screaming at LeBron. He doesn't even look because that's what happens all in his life. Yeah, so. Being around them when I'm just a fan is a much different experience than when they get to be around me and realize, oh, like, uh, I can let my guard down. Really You're not fast. actually – you don't even know who yeah, they are. I never met this yeah. guy. <laughs> I never heard of this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. You're like, what's her name? <laughs> uh, the presser was interesting. You know, we had – so we there we had Mike Perry, Eddie Alvarez. Yeah. Uh, we had – Todd uh, Duffy. Todd Duffy and uh, Big Ben Rockwell. Rothwell. Rothwell, yeah, and Ben is huge. Holy crap, dude! He's Giant, is, yeah. But you know what I've noticed? You know, I noticed about a lot of Big. these guys, even uh, like Kelvin Gastelum. He came to the to the uh, bad bet party. Yeah, a lot of these guys are almost have a little bit of social anxiety. They're really good at fighting, but when you when you try to talk to them, they're like, "Oh, hey, oh, yeah, hey. yeah." yeah <laughs> Every time I would take a picture with Kelvin Gaslam, like with different people, he'd be like, "Hey, yeah, right? yeah." The same yeah. thing like, over and over again because, like, they don't know like the small talk feels geez. awkward, right? Yeah, and I, I think it's because there's that disconnect because people treat them different, and so they have to be on their guard almost and keep. Well, up and image. also like it's kind of different when you start to have so many conversations. It's like, it's like this okay. this yeah. conversation. I'm not really gonna put a lot of effort into this because this is just. One compared to conversation a thousand times. times. Yeah. Compared to like when we went to dinner, then Mike kind of like let his guard down and then we can actually have like 
fun conversation. It was interesting to see them before the press conference and then at the press conference. You were you were front. It almost there. There's some level of camaraderie there, but you could tell that Eddie was feeling awkward. Whereas Mike is very loose and yeah, just having a good time. Eddie felt real awkward even. At the press conference, you can see it, and you got to ask your questions and things. But didn't it feel like Eddie was stiff and awkward, whereas Mike is just flowing? Yeah, Mike is loose. I mean, he likes the attention, I think. And I think that's a big thing is, like, some fighters really enjoy that part. And then even, like, Todd was kind of a little bit stiff, you know. And then, But once the press conference came on, they all kind of had, like, one thing that jab, they want to say. Yeah. yeah, a jab that they kind of thought about. And then they – Wait, and then the questions are kind of generic usually. And then once everyone kind of leaves, then you kind of kind of have everyone kind of calms down. Yeah. You know, you kind of see the circus. What did you think bit. of that standoff? I thought it was interesting that uh, Dave let them punch each I other. I know, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Goodness. I got a good video of that, put it on my story. And it was like, people were like, oh my gosh, they were like kind of going at it. Mike didn't really go that hard. Mike was like kind of playing. And then Eddie throws a one, two. two. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't like, it was like punch for punch, like ah, laughing, like this is funny. And then Eddie's like, pop, pop. And I was like, oh my and gosh. I also thought it was like, yeah, you remember then Mike walked off the stage, but he had to jump off the stage because there was no staircase. Yeah, there. yeah, there was no stairs. Like, Awkward, yeah, dude. it was kind of awkward. And, and, but I think it's like when you see it on TV, a lot of the awkwardness like comes off. Yeah, like they're, they're not, they're not, they only see the conflict. They don't see the, the normalcy afterwards. Yeah. And like that's a big thing is like you don't see the, uh, like everyone turning off the cameras and then being like, hey, man, you're punching me kind of hard, yeah. bro. And like laughing about it. And then, <laughs> and what, then they uh, turn the cameras back on because then that Schmo guy did his interview and you see him right away. Like, back to a great. Yeah. And you know, that was one thing that was really interesting. Like, Luke, he's the same way. Like, when the cameras are on, he got kind of like, I mean, myself included, sometimes when a camera turns on, I can feel myself get a little bit more. Jazzy. Animated, yeah. Yeah, animated. What uh so you know what was really interesting to me was so we were shooting a podcast uh for some other guys that were interviewing all the fighters through Bare Knuckle. Uh and to be honest, I think Bare Knuckle is a very cool organization. It's interesting. You know, uh Dave said something that uh you know, because for me it's gory, it's kind of gross to watch, but he said something that was really interesting. He said bare knuckle is one of the most relatable things in the world <laughs> because everybody has been in or seen a bare knuckle fight. You know yeah. what I mean? Everybody's been punched in the face or punched somebody in the face or well, a cage fight's kind of like a race car, like, oh, yeah. I would never really get into yeah, a Formula like, there's One. There's so much tech tech nobody's ninety-nine point nine percent of the population has never uh you know, had to put on a gi or had to, you know, yeah. go roll jujitsu. Get your hands wrapped up for. But uh, most people have seen or been involved in a fist fight, and like where they break it up and make you stand close. Hey, yeah. hey, hey get back in there, dude! Just swinging, you know. So it, I mean, it's still hard to watch, but it's still. Know, <laughs> I, I like the organization. I mean, it's it's interesting what they're doing, and and they want to pay the fighters well, and they want to do cool stuff. It's just interesting to try and see an organization come. Trying, trying to break in. And I think they've done well at breaking into the mainstream. But yeah. what's your thoughts on people continuing to just trade on the UFC's success? Because that's what Jake Paul does. That's what Bare Knuckles do. Yeah. He's just using old characters from the UFC. I think the sure I feel sign- like, though, it's like it shows, if anything, the strength of the UFC's yeah. brand. You know what I mean? It's like I think the surest sign of an organization being better is – 
them breeding their own champions and own personalities, you know? Yeah, and like, but like you see, like the Jake Paul, he's only making money because he's fighting ex UFC fighters. Yeah. yeah, and he's using that to get, which, you know, I think is better for the whole thing because Jake starts making more money, then everyone makes more money, and it kind of pushes the limit. Like, hey, Jake made this much money, and then our. Tyrone Woodley made this much money getting knocked out by Jake. And then everyone's like, well, we got to keep Love our champs. Competition. And, yeah, a little competition. But I still think it just shows, at least the in the U.S., the yeah, like the might of the UFC. That it's become like a rollerblade brand where you don't – they're called inline skates, really, yeah. you know. And everyone's not like, going anywhere. Yeah, like people don't know it as MMA. They know it as UFC. I mean, which is kind of interesting because PFL just bought Bellator – PFL is trying to make moves, and I'm like, they got a great thing going, but viewership is just not. Yeah, it's not UFC. I don't, I don't know anybody in Bellator other than if they left the UFC. Yeah, you, you don't even know their greatest champ, right? Patricio Pitbull. Yeah, never heard of him. Yeah, and exactly. Never. Heard of her. never. <laughs> and he's like one what's of he, the what's, goats. What's he fight at? One fifteen. One fifty-five. <laughs> yeah, actually, a few weights champ, and that's exactly it. Like you don't even know who he is, and you're a very casual fan, but he would be. One of the UFC's like you know multiple multiple world champs. Why doesn't he get to come over? Uh, contracts, money too. Money. He probably makes way more money. Contracts, and then now he's out of his prime. So we already missed him going against the top guys. So it's like almost I think there's got to be an NFL style like you know and like the American Football League and then the National Football League kind of came together, maybe. But then it's like the UFC. Why? Yeah, the UFC Dana said that. Someone goes, hey, why don't you uh, co-promote? Did you see that? And he's yeah, like, WWE, right? No, no. Why don't you co-promote Francis Nagano versus John oh, Jones? Yeah. And he's like, we tried that. He's like, why the fuck would I need to do that? Yeah. He's like, dumbest question answered yeah. which or asked. I'm like, which is true. What a dumb question. Like, why would you help I'm already build? I'm top. Why would I help yeah. that guy? Because at the end of the day, the Tom Aspinall uh, – Sergey probably gets more viewership than Francis versus anybody well, in the viewer, PFL. The viewership for France. You see that? Did you see Ariel and Chael going at it? Yeah. And Ch they were actually arguing two separate points. Ariel was arguing that it was a good move for Francis, which it was. And Chael was uh, uh, arguing that there was no viewership, which there wasn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, So they're both right. Like It was a great move for Francis. He got paid, but nobody watched it. So uh, later on, you know what's been really interesting to me is, you know, when I approach fighters, right? I mean, I was running, I was running the podcast show there. I mean, uh, at uh, bare knuckle, doing all this stuff. You know, I was bringing the guys in, telling them about everything first. But even still, they kind of were just, uh, you know, it was almost like I wasn't there. Then the second that they talked to you, realized that you were a fighter and everything, and then you told them, "Hey, yeah, that's my partner." They get so much. Uh, more open to talking to me and hanging out and everything. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I mean, that was kind of interesting. I kind of watched that. <laughs> I was like, and once I said it, they were like, I mean, as you're a casual fan, so you don't give me the respect I deserve, well, you know? <laughs> well, deserve is a strong word. Yeah, yeah. It's but I was, think you deserve, yeah. I was a fighter's fighter. Yeah. And so, like, you know, I put on wars and they've all seen that. And like, fighters all kind of, I think we kind of respect each other at the end of it. And then when, like, I say that, oh, that's my partner. We do, you know, podcast together and we do doing the production. They're like, oh, okay, this is kind of fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it, like, even with Mike Perry, once he brought his guard down, 
he was like, oh, I was like, you want to go to dinner? I'm going to bring my partner. And he was like, oh, cool. Then you guys actually got to have conversations and like. That talk. dinner that dinner, for, that dinner was terrifying for you though, huh? It was terrifying. <laughs> you don't know when to shut the fuck up, dude. Oh my God, dude. At that one point when you made that joke and he looks up and he looked at me and I'm like laughing. Like, don't worry, this, this fucking dude's with me. He looks over, he's like. I was like, dude, that flip was either going to go, we're either, I'm going to have to grab his little coach with a knife and say, release him, release him. And then I thought that was going to happen. I was like, I think he saw, he's like, he's closer to my coach, yeah. you know, and then closer to the, yeah, yeah, he could get him. Maybe thought Deuce was one of our security because Deuce is like bigger. And he was like, ha, 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 ha you phony. <laughs> I just think it's interesting because these guys aren't, you know, it's like Jake in our podcast he said you know i can joke around with guys like jake but some of these guys i can't joke around but i got to imagine us being together them knowing you're a fighter and that they realize oh this guy's just messing around so i i feel like i could definitely get a lot away with a lot more than normal people yeah right? like if i don't think if i was there you probably got your ass kicked well he wouldn't even come to dinner but yeah, <laughs> yeah. i also mike said he'd have problems with me he, yeah, he said that? He, he said, like, if we were to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, like, I'd, I'd create some problems. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you don't remember him saying that? I did say that. Because he was, like, size me up. He's like, you're a big dude. I was like, don't give him this. I was like, he would not have a problem. I'm, like, I'm telling you, I got I that like, one-hitter quitter. Yeah, you, you that guy, bro. <laughs> yeah, after he was, like, gave you some respect, he was yeah. like, you know, but I'd have some problems. The thing is, I think he's so confident that he was, like, for you, you're – uh, your self-confidence is so low that you try and drag me down constantly, right? Because you know I can whoop your ass yeah. if it really came down to it. So you always tell me how this person can beat me up. But Mike, I think his confidence is so high, and rightfully so, that he was even telling me, oh, yeah, you'd be pretty good. Because yeah, he knows, right, like, he knows, like, he doesn't mean it, but he knows that he's not threatened yeah, by Yeah, yeah, he's not you. threatened by You're you. You're so threatened by Because he's never going to see you again. I got to listen to your ass all the time, bro. Like, like literally, you just be nonstop chirping me the rest of our lives on that one moment so i can't you know it was but honestly once he loosened up and he was having a good time and it's he's funny dude he's he, a he funny even guy said that he's like i can talk differently at a table like this than i can talk uh to different people what is that like is i mean you were i mean this is not me be disparaging but you were never in the top three right disparaging. you were never uh, sorry big word this isn't meant to uh, bring you down <laughs> yeah uh, but uh, you were never what we'll to ask them when they come on you <laughs> fuck <laughs> you were never uh, a celebrity status like uh, i mean even mike and bare knuckle but uh, a celebrity status like i mean of course connor but i mean you don't get recognized a lot walking down the street right whereas yeah, mike, it's mike like, perry would or it's like a comfortable amount like how court was saying like you're out yeah. randomly somewhere and someone's like hey dude i watched you fight more so when i'm in the middle east though because like yeah, of my middle east them. yeah uh, but like honestly like but it is like nerve-wracking sometimes because you don't know who these people are but it, but it really what it really comes down to though is interesting is and i'm a germaphobe and everyone wants to touch you and you're like oh, i don't yeah. know you bro it's crazy that you say you're a germaphobe with how gross you are but are you, i'm the cleanest dude no, you know bro absolutely not i shower but more times in one it, day than it's you like do. jake said i think you were saying on the podcast and you were agreeing is like when you go do these seminars people are like you remember you fought that guy yeah so, yeah so it must be nice for a fighter to be able to have a conversation not about something Fighting, he's done yeah. seventy thousand times exactly and that's even like for myself why i've always dated and i'm with a girl that's really not into it you know and like i even have friends that 
a friend that plays basketball and his wife's really not into it either because she's like but then it's like you don't go home and talk about it you well know? i think that's all wives in general are disinterested with anything that makes you happy yeah that's you know, true yeah. i try to show my wife look at my guns she's like oh okay that's yeah fine. that's good leave me alone. yeah look at our podcast our <laughs> wives are like <laughs> my wife's never watched yeah it. yeah <laughs> it's like watches it like one time she's like oh i watched it one time so that is true that is a fair point but like some of these guys are like uh you know they're in it and their wives are in it and they go home they talk about it which is good for some people but some people i think like uh I, I don't know. Mike's girlfriend's his coach, so I wonder what their conversations are. That was one of the things we talked about at dinner. He he actually kind of got like real deep into it, and he was like, you know, I like to have my wife and my son in the corner because I like to give a voice to the little people. And he was kind of talking about it for a couple minutes. I think that was the point where you were getting scared because I was like, you know, he he actually talked two, three, four minutes, you know, pretty deep, and it was it was, it was cool stuff. And I was like, like preaching. Uh, like, I was like, I also like to give a voice to little people. That's why I always have Deuce around. Oh it was, yeah, it was yeah. Like five foot six. <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. Uh, and uh, and I was laughing, but Mikey goes, "Oh, I guess I was getting too deep. Sorry." Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and I think you were like, "Oh, is he gonna whoop me?" Yeah, yeah. I thought, dude, that was a fun dude. You were pushing the limits, dude. But honestly, I actually enjoyed Mike more than I was, thought. Like, a, I would enjoy was, like yeah. dinner. Like sometimes. I don't enjoy dinner with fighters. Yeah. Some of them are just like only talk about rocks. Yeah, talk about themselves and he was very interested in, and also his coach JT yeah. uh, out of Orlando. He was a a cool guy to sit there and talk to. Yeah, like they had like good stories and like interesting conversations, you know. Yeah. And that's actually like one thing that made me even more of a fan of Mike because sometimes you go to dinner with these guys and they're like I don't know. It's just like pulling teeth to try to get him to ask a question, you know? And, yeah. and even that's just kind of the, I think people that fight. But disinterested in being there. Whereas Mike, you know, he, he kind of is where his feet are. If he's here at dinner with us, he's going to be present. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one thing I really appreciated about him. Like he is where his feet are. Like he's at the BKFC. That's where he's at. They put him up on the stage. He's in that character. And then he goes. You know what else was really impressive about Mike was, you know, he was talking about a couple of things that happened to that presser and I don't want to get into detail, but we were talking about a dinner and just his, his fierce loyalty to JT, to his manager saying, yeah. Uh, yeah, I could maybe get some more money on this on the side, but my manager is who made me. I would never cut him out, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And he was like, I'm going to cut my manager and everything. And so that was kind of cool. I thought, you know, and we, I, I mean, we had a good time with him. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about uh, bets coming up. Oh, wait. Last thing though. Yeah. We got to get into this Tony Ferguson running with David Whoa. Goggins thing. So that, I was actually so Tony Ferguson's tra- Tony Ferguson is training with uh, David Goggins. That's one of the big things. And I they did to Hell ask. Week, and then did you see David. I don't know if it was fake. Do you know if it was fake? The David Goggins quote saying that he's running backwards on a treadmill 20 miles per hour and masturbating or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> who knows, dude? I was like, who knows, dude? Who knows what the hell they're doing? <laughs> well, Goggins was just here in Utah, so they're, they're not together all the time. But that's what I was going to ask is, like, in an eight-week training camp, how much is cardio? Well, like, Because that's all Goggins can offer is cardio. Cardio, yeah. And, like, what is Tony's problem? Cardio? No. No. It's never been cardio. It's getting slapped. It's getting choked. Yeah. Like, if anything, I mean, I don't know what he needs. Who knows what he needs? He probably needs to retire and take maybe a lot of time off. And yeah. I that would be the only thing. Probably I'll let his brain heal from that Gaethje fight. You know, yeah. he never healed – 
and he or in that Chandler knockout. Which Chandler was one that kicked him in the chin, right? Yeah, I mean face. he just like smushed it. I mean, dude, it's it's funny. All the memes, I like, I love it because I think David Goggins was probably like, I'm gonna yeah, help this fighter, man. and Tony is a psycho, bro. Yeah. I bet he's breaking him. Like, yeah, this is great. Let's keep this doing. <laughs> like shadow boxing. I bet Tony's eating it up, and David's like, oh man, uh, actually, I'm gonna go back to yeah, training rich to a fucking people like this. <laughs> Or someone that's soft. So, so in an eight week camp, how important is the cardio? I, it doesn't for who Tony doesn't matter. He doesn't for get you. tired. For me, I don't get tired really either. So I'm fine. Like because we were talking about Tom in the two weeks, and you're like, well, it's going to matter in round three, four, five. Yeah, like I would get tired if I didn't. Do, like I have to do my running, and you have to do your running and your live wrestling and your live goes to build that base. But at that. At, Round three, at any point, you're everyone's tired. Like it depends if you want to be a fighter or not. Like the old Daniel, you want to be a fucking fighter. Yeah. You know, like round three is hard, no matter what, and you have to figure it out. But if you don't do the training, you don't have the glycogen glycogen in your muscles. We can't say anything medical. Yeah, I know. Seriously, yeah, we. You don't have the energy (laughs) in your body. You know, and that's really what you need is the energy. So that's why it's kind of funny. He's working out with. Tom, or uh, David, because I just want to like be a fly on the wall and watch that shit. You know, going back to Mike talked about how he had just trained with uh, Gordon Ryan and Jake uh, Shields at the same time. Oh yeah, and he said that Gordon was just being effortless and just beating him no problem, and that Jake was just on top. I'm like, oh, oh, he's like, oh. man, he's a mouth breather. You know that? I'm like, yes, I've rolled with him many times. I know he's a mouth breather, and he was like. Yeah, he was just breathing on me all hard. He was like, it was Abu Dhabi. He was like, bro, chill, get yeah. off me. Which, though, like with the Tony thing is, you know, the one thing he probably does need that we don't ever want to talk about is probably the same thing that Usman was taking in the Bellator. Nargamanov. What, what, Nargamanov. What did he get popped for again? Uh, they haven't released it, right? No, I don't think so. We don't know. He's just suspended for six months. Mm. Does that make you think like the whole team... Well, you talk about that a lot, is that all the Russians are doped up, but I don't know. The thing is, for me, it's like... Have uh, you seen that picture of them 16, 17? You ever, you ever watch uh, Hook? Yeah. With Robin Williams? I love that movie. And for Tinkerbell to come back, you had to believe. Yeah. And for me, I look up to all these athletes, I have to believe. Clap. Yeah, clap. clap believe. <laughs> and so I just have to believe that most of them are clean, in which they're not. I mean, what does Nate Diaz say? He's like, all these guys are They're dope. all dirty, dude. That's the thing. <laughs> I think everybody's... But for me, I mean, that, have you ever seen Eucharist or whatever that one Icarus, doc- Icarus, Icarus, yeah. the documentary on Netflix? The Russians. Yeah, they, USADA can't go there. Yeah. You know that. They have a private a Russian. Theory, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, who who knows what they're doing? And if you get popped in Bellator, yeah, that's like getting popped at like. <laughs> we won't talk about it in depth, but uh, people are talking a lot about Eddie. At, uh, at oh BKFC. yeah, and BKFC they're doing the sniff test. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're good. Yeah, he was sweating profusely yeah. in that cold room. <laughs> it was a very cold room. Uh, but I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about the the uh, the fights coming up. Let's play some bets and let let's call it here. Okay, I mean, a main event: Brandon Allen versus Paul Gregg. 
You like Brandon Allen. He's so the favorite. I, he, he came to that party. He was a really nice guy. So just uh, having never watched him fight, uh, I like him because he, he was. What he a was casual, bro. Cool yeah. cool me, so he like was him. nice to me. He took a picture with he me, so I'm his fan. You know what's funny? That's how like my mom chooses who she likes to. Yeah, me and who she mom met a lot of stuff together. So yeah. it's a... Uh, I will call you dad <laughs> yeah, if yeah. I had to. Okay, so I'll take Brendan Allen. I've never even heard of the other guy. Paul, Paul Craig. Yeah, Paul Craig's a nasty jiu-jitsu guy. He's from Brazil? No, he's uh, from Scotland. He's broken a few people's arms. But, like, Paul Craig's, like, 500, and that's why he's a huge underdog. I think it's, like, plus 350. But I think that's a good bet. I'll take that all day. Yeah, I'll put 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Pay out up, 350. Straight up. Yeah, and then the next one we want to talk about is our boy, Uros. Medic versus Johnny Parsons. Uros is the favorite. I think he's going to pick the dude apart. How, how heavy is he a uh, favorite? Because last time he fought, he was in trouble. It was two to one. So he's plus 200 or negative 200. But you remember his last fight, he was in big trouble. Yeah. And this guy he's fighting is a power puncher. So it is kind of like that is a tough fight for Uros, I think. But I think like as long as he keeps the technical, stays on the outside, circles the right way, and uses a little bit of his wrestling, he'll easily win. You that cornered fight. him when he was here. In yeah, Sunday. cornered him. After that, kind of got to know him, trained him. You know, I really like him. He's a cool dude. He trains hard. Okay, out of necessity of needing to be the opposite side of the bet, I will bet against Uros. Uh, but for me, uh, I need some good juice there. You're betting. You're betting two hundred. I get four hundred. So if Uros loses, I get 400. If he wins, you get 200. Deal. Bet. Bet. All right, all right. That's a good one. And then the other one, you don't want to touch the co-main event. The Morales is this undefeated jiu-jitsu guy. He's probably going to murder the other dude, and he's like a plus 400 when he should really be. I uh, never heard of her. All right, I, minus 400. I, I, made, like uh, minus I made 300. We didn't talk about it, but I made 350 bucks off of you off of uh, Darby. D Dalby versus Dalby. Bond. You don't even know, oh, bro. Yeah. Hey, that's why I don't want to touch the Dude, main one because it's like so another bad. one of those. I have PTSD. He just came out here looking like a Viking warrior. Yeah. That was easy. And that could be this one. That's why I'm kind of like the one Morales is undefeated. I don't know. To be honest, the betting odds I'm fighting is usually pretty good. Yeah. I usually get them. So I think I just got lucky. But, uh, okay, so we'll lock those two in, uh, and we'll uh, we'll rate those after this next weekend. And then we'll be back to talk about our uh, fights for December 16th. Yeah, we also have some fights coming up this next weekend. Real quick, just to give a highlight to some of the boys fighting here at Fierce Fighting on Friday. Oh, yeah, Friday night we got our boy Talon. He's going for his third fight in hey, about seven months. Oh, yeah, we'll Talon and Kevin. Down. Kevin's fighting for the 135 amateur fierce belt. He had that, uh, like, one-minute knockout in the last fight. Has a quick turnaround. Someone got hurt, so he's like, hell yeah, I'll jump Kevin, in. Kevin Guo, huh? Kevin Guo, yeah. He's a little nasty dude. He's, and, he's a, and he's a nice kid, too. He's nice, yeah. Humble, wants you to You know learn. he's going to be a doctor. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah. He's like in. He's between uh, college and medical school, so he's just fighting for yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just for fun. And then Talon, Talon's, he hasn't really been tested against a, a real, real fighter. Right? He's just Talon's such an athlete. Yeah, Talon's an athlete. It's he's one of those kids that it's hard to test him at amateur because like there's just the athletic difference. Would you, know? you say Talon's main skills are is just striking though? Would you say he's much of a grappler? Well, he's learning grappling. He's good at wrestling because he's just naturally athletic. And he, dude, he's just a good. You know what? I was like holding mitts for him yesterday, and I'm like kind of grateful that he doesn't have. 
anything else. And he's so athletic because you can show him something and it locks in. So he doesn't have these bad habits that I'm trying to like break. I'm just literally training good habits. Yeah. And so he's got so much power in his hands, dude. He's, it's kind of scary actually, like how good of an athlete he is. And he'll be, you'll be watching him on the main stage for sure. Love it. Okay. We'll, we'll put up those Instagrams, but that's the coach of the casual for today, guys. Honestly, this has been a lot of fun. It's really exciting. Follow us on YouTube. Uh, listen to us where podcasts can be found, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into the Coach and the Casual. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify, and share it with your friends. Thanks again. Oh, 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 o